Welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a rainy Monday in East Tennessee. Live from the old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, which are rapidly falling apart. I mean, the, the TV is gone. The soundproofing on the back wall is starting to disappear. It feels like Remember the we day are in a time of transition. Here at Fan Run Radio, which I suppose we are. Were we not on the air when it all collapsed the last time off the wall? There was a period where it didn't want to stay on the wall. The sound no, squares did not want to stay. Houston did something to fix that. I think duct Looks tape like duct might tape. have been involved. <laughs> I, see I think it's uh, Velcro yeah. strips. Did well. Well, there were magnets at one point. The magnets did not work. It's a great idea in theory. Yes. But the magnets were not strong enough. Nope. Mm. Much like the vaunted 49ers defense was not strong enough to repel Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs as they win their third Super Bowl. And we say goodbye to football for the 2023-2024 calendar year. Oh. What are we going to do without football? Got uh, March Madness and college baseball. Oh, yeah, spring football for the Vols kicks off here in about a month, too. So That's yeah. true, yeah. We got that coming up as well. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, the Chiefs, where are Mahomes and Andy Reid compared to other NFL dynasties? I think Andy Reid, for me personally, Andy Reid's elevated himself up to that god tier of of coaches and who would have thought that coming out of philadelphia where he was he couldn't win the big one yeah he was he was kind of a choker how many did he make at philly like two or three wasn't that's it? what i thought he made definitely made it the year with terrell owens with the broken ankle mm-hmm. that was when they made the horse i think that was the, his only one yeah the one with the Patriots. was it only one yeah but they yeah. made the nfc championship multiple times he had been around for a long time yeah and he has been around for a long time but now he's he's in the conversation goat status. You're hearing Mahomes in the conversation for goat Man, status. Pump the brakes on the goat status. Well, he's he's 28 years old and he's won three Super Bowls. Well, as I pointed out, yeah, to me, me personally, it's not all about rings. Okay. Because I mean, I, I feel like I'll, that I'll works you in the, his favor. Then uh, I'll t- I'll tell you with a straight face that uh, that you know how many how many rings does Rice have? Five. And he's not the greatest receiver to ever play in the NFL. I would agree. I would. I would agree with that. I don't think it. I don't think Mahomes is. Recency bias is a thing, and we have to be careful the day after championships are won from being too over declarative about these things. But I do think at 28 years old, uh, Andy Reid, I think is 
62 or something like that. Uh, sneaky young, Andy Reid. Like, he's younger than he looks. And then He's only 62? Uh, you can fact check that. But I think that... 65. Uh, still, I mean, that, yeah. that's pretty young. Like, I, I think that these guys are on a trajectory to, I think we would all agree, have the opportunity to win more rings in the future. And it's it's just very impressive what they've done. I said earlier in the season when the Chiefs were losing that I didn't think they were – I wasn't worried for them. I, I thought they were practicing. I thought they were toying. I thought this is a veteran championship group that knew you don't want to be playing your best football in October in that league. And it's all about ramping up and building up to the right time, and I feel like that take has been vindicated. Yeah, this was supposed to be their down year, the year to get them – and all they did was go out and win back-to-back Super Bowls. Pretty impressive. And, I, and I'm I'm not here for the GOAT conversation, but when you look at what Patrick Mahomes does, like, what, what does he not do? He scrambles when he needs to. He buys time when he needs to. He can make every throw. He's He's got toughness. Clutch gene. So clutch. He gets, he gets better when there's more pressure on him. Was there any doubt? Was there any doubt when the 49ers didn't punch it in? By the way, I'm still waiting for somebody to explain the new overtime rules to me. Not, you and me both. Not totally clear on that. <laughs> but was there any doubt when the 49ers had to settle for that field goal? It's just, you knew. Yeah. Somebody you knew. You really knew. Here point. comes a touchdown drive. Why, why would you take the ball and guarantee that Mahomes was going to be Every it was always going to be it was four down territory for him. You're giving him four plays. I think that's a a very good point. I also think Romo made a good point when he was discussing that, and he said, "Look, you know that you you give the ball to the Chiefs first. They're you know scoring. they're going to score. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure uh, uh, to that, be putting on a second year quarterback, yeah. Brock Purdy. That and they had just. I mean, their defense was gassed. So I, I thought I thought San Fran lost it when they. There in like it was towards the end of the third quarter yep. in the fourth quarter. They had too many wasted possessions where got a little pass happy. Yep, and stop. And I I thought that they didn't use um, Mitchell enough along with McCaffrey. Anybody think McCaffrey might have been a little bit woozy late in that ball game? When yeah, he hit and his I'll head. tell you, when he hit his head on yeah. going out of bounds. Yeah. He got up and grabbed. First of all, like that's just the classic hit your head on the ground hard thing. And then he gets up and grabs his face mask. Kind of like the, he kind of like sh- shook his eyes. Yeah, I think he came out of the game for a snap. That was the one where they had the holding penalty called the, the first down run back. And then – That was awfully convenient. Well, it was a holding penalty. I mean, it was a clear hold. But I, I thought the official stayed out of it. And I thought the better team won, man. I, I think the Chiefs are just – they are – they're the team of of the decade. It as mm. it's shaping up here at the halfway point, and they have a chance to really solidify themselves in the coming years. Right up there with, you know, obviously the Patriots. They're halfway there now to the six Super yep, Bowls, yep. and then you know whoever else you want to throw in there, whether it's the '90s Cowboys, the old school Packers, mm-hmm. the Steelers of the '70s. Like they're they're in that conversation. The now. Raiders. I'm not saying this to diminish them. Because what they've accomplished, and frankly, what it, what it looks like they're going to continue to do to this league is incredibly impressive. It felt like they got a little bit lucky last night. And good teams do. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you make your own luck, but they fumbled the ball yep. five times. Oh, wow. 
Five fumbles. Got them all. Uh, the the biggest no, they, stroke, uh, Pacheco lost one on the first the first possession. The, the the biggest stroke of luck they had was when Ty Greenlaw exploded his Achilles running onto the field. I've never seen anything like that. But to to your point, Bear, I, I did think that Shanahan got a little pass happy in yep. the third quarter, and the 49ers had a chance to put that thing away up ten mm-hmm. three, and they just let the Chiefs hang around, let them hang around, and you knew it was a self inflicted. You, you knew wounds. it was going to come back to bite them. You just knew it. The the punt the fumbled the punt that was that hit off that kid's foot and you know that and then just getting away from running the ball and I, you know not I really think in and they did it earlier in the year when they'd really just start running over people they'd run McCaffrey at people until he got gassed and he'd he'd come out for uh, for a for a couple of plays. And then Mitchell would be in their fresh legs and would just continue to rip people. So, A little bit of Tennessee football news. We talked about this Friday at Volunteer Auto Group. It has come to pass. Jerry Mack, Tennessee running backs coach, has left for a job in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys know what that means. Sound the horn! Tennessee football coaching search! Light the banners! Light the beacon! Beacon, yeah, beacons are good. We can we can light anything. Banners, beacons, jerseys, mattresses. Lots of things are flammable. Tennessee is without a running backs coach, gentlemen, as Jerry Mack heads to the NFL. I said Friday, my money is on I almost called him Butch Jones. Oh, man. What? What, a, what, a, what a terrible faux pas! What that would have been? Well, we you know he had we, quite a night last we'll, night. We'll, we'll t- what an what an idiot! We will talk about what an idiot. Butch, who's our coach? Oh yeah, sexy Josh Heupel. I said Friday, <laughs> I thought sexy Josh would hire from within because that has been his mo each time a, a job has opened up here on his staff. The first three years, he's he's hired a a young up and comer who was already on staff. Um, today over at VolQuest, uh, they are seemingly, uh, laying the groundwork saying that this, they feel like this time it will be in an outside. Oh, really? I was wondering yeah. if you had, uh, perused upon a hot board yeah, or two. Uh, some, some of the names that are out there. We talked about Matt Merritt. Yep. He's at Miami, not just hired at Miami. That I don't matter anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> no. Cristobal just hired him off of Golish's staff at South Florida. So you've got the Florida, t- you know, with Hypel at Central Florida has been, obviously that is a important recruiting state. I think that you obviously have to has hit, have his name at the top of the list. Keep in mind, we're talking about what Hypel is likely to do, not what we would necessarily want him to do at this point. Uh, the other name that I think is interesting out there is Larry Porter. Uh, he he was a at one time thought to be the best non-coordinator assistant coach in, in college football. Remember when he was at LSU and I think he was Larry Porter. He was Bear clearly doesn't remember, but he know was the name. he was thought to be one of the I think he was maybe even interim coach at Memphis. Uh, huge Memphis head times. coach. Uh, Memphis, 2010 to 2011. Okay. Yeah, so so he was head coach at Memphis. Multiple uh, Broyles Award winner as the best assistant coach in the country. He's currently the running backs coach at North Carolina. 
you would think this would be a lateral move at worst, probably a, a sig- I don't know, significant step up, but a step up. I would think so. So that is a name to keep in mind. Um, Carlos Lachlan is the running backs coach at Oregon. Ooh. He also has Tennessee ties. He was the offensive coordinator at four different Memphis area high schools before Mike Norvell brought him to Memphis to coach the Tigers running backs. Um, he was at Florida State and has recently moved to Oregon. Would he be interested in, in coming back to the Southeast? And then um, Anthony Jones is the running backs coach at TCU. Obviously, they've been successful. He played football at Chattanooga, coached at Westwood High School in Memphis, and then also coached at Memphis. So you're detecting a theme here of in-state recruiting ties. That's uh, from the list over at VolQuest this afternoon. And what was that last name? Anthony Jones. Okay. Because Carlos Lachlan also coached. Yeah. At Westwood. So, um, what, any of those names stand out to you? Larry Porter. I do like the ties to the state that these guys have. That's, I feel like a lot of times at, at certain positions you don't, you don't see that that tie all the time. Like, oh, just go get the best guy, whatever. Uh, this this is some smart thinking. A couple things. It, it feels like uh, you know why is Larry Porter at North Carolina now? You almost want do sometimes these guys lose their fastball mm-hmm. in recruiting. And we have been having this conversation for a while now. It feels like there has been a massive sea change just in the past year yeah. where the old school view of, well, he's a relationships guy. Well, he just, he knows how to talk to the mamas. He knows every high school coach in the backwoods from here to Mississippi. It feels like that is suddenly so antiquated. Mm-hmm. And it's just. NIL, NIL, NIL. It's all a negotiation. And can you handle the egos that come along with that, the negotiations that come along with that, and keep everybody happy? So my initial thought is I feel like just, you know, I already said I thought he would hire from within. I almost feel like Matt Merritt would be hiring from within, even though it's not. That's a good point. Ties to the system, understands exactly what Hypo wants to get done. But how long did you say he's been at Miami? Like a couple weeks, yeah. basically? Yeah. Well, but I, as Bear said, I, that, that doesn't matter no. anymore. Bill O'Brien, gone. The Raiders Chip had Kelly, a, see ya. The like, Raiders had a running back coach there for one week that just took the UCLA job. Foster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Well, that, yeah, but, that's, going, that's going to a head coach, coach at your alma mater. That's true. As opposed to lateral running back moves. Where you're in the – I mean, he's in their Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which I think that's a – Horrible hire. We'll get to that here in just a little Foster. bit. Foster? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so, I mean, so a couple of things. Like, if you're Matt Merritt, do do you move? I mean, I, I certainly think Tennessee is a, is a step up, certainly in terms of league, and I think we're further along than Miami. But you're a Florida guy. You've already coached with Hypo. Like, is – who, who knows what his personal feelings sure. are, whether that's a, a move up in his mind, in his world. He might just think, you know what, I'm a Florida guy. I coached South Florida, Central Florida, now I'm at Miami. Why do I want to go to Tennessee? You're going to have better material to work with, better ingredients. And then from the – well, and you know, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm even sold on him. Like, the guys with all the Tennessee ties, specifically the Memphis ties – 
we got a commitment this weekend from Joe Kim Dodson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy there, Rodarius Jackson, seems like a fantastic prospect that we're probably going to get. It's a solid name as well, Rodarius. Memphis is a renowned talent pool. Like it does, there it is attractive to be looking at a couple of these guys with significant ties to the Memphis area. I'm sure Hypo will do what's best for the program. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what what uh, what? Unless he doesn't, then we can fire him. What perks you up more, having good ties to Memphis, or maybe having a guy who knows the state of Florida? Leaning towards the Memphis thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny you say that because in my head, they're actually it feels pretty even because Florida is obviously so saturated with schools and recruits, or you know, recruits and recruiters. I feel like if you can get an in on Memphis, that's like two, three guys a year who, you know, typically did you see, great athletes. Did you see the graphic that was going around this weekend about which states produce the most NFL players per capita? No. It's very interesting. Who leads it? I will tell you that. Okay. When we continue. Oh. We'll also tease. Also talk about we will also talk about, even though Bear and I have talked about it for and, and Tucker, who's kind enough to join us on volunteeration Saturday night. We've already broke, you know, drank from the keg of despair for about two hours. I, it's an hour not, and fifteen minutes. Felt like felt two. like five hours. Yeah, it, it felt like it was a long time. I was not in a good place Saturday night, boys. Well, maybe we just gloss over. Hey, you guys want to just pretend it didn't happen? <laughs> I can barely. Rem- I don't barely remember it. We've got three hours to fill. We got to talk basketball at some point. We'll get into that eventually. Stay with us. You want to jump in? 865 546 8200, your number to get on board. 546 8200. The drive continues on Fan Run Radio. The drive. How old is Carrot Top? I don't know, but like. I remember. I, it. I don't want to say anything yet because I don't have anything against the guy. Back oh, he's when funny. I, yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. There is no way, dude. How how can you simultaneously look young and ancient yeah. at the same time? <laughs> there is no way that guy is just like four years older than me. I mean, tell me, I don't look as bad as that. And I mean, we can go down the list of stuff no, no, that's happening. Good. I don't look like the south end of a northbound. Oh, horse. yeah, I said it. You look like a horse's butt. Well, yeah, he's got to be mean. He looked rough, man. You remember that movie with uh, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and Bruce? It's really weird. It's a really dark movie where they drank the potion. Yes, to live. Death Becomes Her. I love that movie. Okay, you remember how they looked after they had died, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. weren't dead? Yes, that's how he looks. Yeah. He <laughs> looks, like, looks like a corpse, yeah. Wait, is that good? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's classic. Bruce Willis? It's a, it's a really dark movie. Yeah. I like it. Does that surprise you that I'd like something like that? Remember they were Krylon spray painting themselves? No, the because uh, we both went through a morbid phase, and that was kind of... The 90s. So... By the way, uh, speaking of people who look just absolutely terrible because of things they do to themselves, did did you guys watch that um, preview I sent you of the the cult thing? The yeah, the the <laughs> yeah. she's taken all the the silver, the colloidal silver, and she turned blue. Yeah, you look like a Smurf, Houston. I know you're new to this show. You're still like. 
I have a bizarre fascination with cults. Mm. I thought I knew this them all. This is the first one you've sent us in a while. Seen, I'm interested in it. What do they call her now? Mother, mother, God. yeah, mother God, or yeah, she was she's a female cult mother. leader, and then she, then she hooked up with a guy. He's like a prisoner, and he came in and took over the cult, and they started like plying her with alcohol and colloidal silver. She turned blue and died. Where did you send that? In our group text? I might not have sent it to I think you Ryan. sent it to me and uh Oh, yeah, I sent it to Rick and, Rick and Brandon. Yeah. Oh, was it Rick and Brandon? Yeah, in that one. Well, dude, there's like... Are you interested in cults as well? Do you want yes. to be a part of this? Yeah, okay. I like we'll stuff like that. And we got to keep in mind, there's like seven or eight drive group texts because... There, there are. I, I sent something to the wrong one. Yes, Did you see that? I sent it to you and Chance. There's a... I We still have a group text called The Drive that's you, me, and Chance. Yeah, everyone's called The Drive. Uh, but you know the third chair probably is like being time a to rebrand some of those spinal tap <laughs> but i was going through my pictures and found i found tons of pictures from the studio over the years sound like a pretty good cult i watched a pretty I watched, good <laughs> i watched one about i watched a youtube documentary about the cult in nashville the weight loss christian cult those What's, people live in my neck of the woods yeah. i went to school with some of those people what was that gal's name gwen shamblin gwen shamblin Died in a plane crash yeah. over Percy Priest Lake. Allegedly, she was she was a she was a charlatan, just a horrible Ugh. person. Not, well, I mean, yeah, she was a cult leader. Are there misunderstood cult leaders out there that you're like, no, yeah, yeah that uh, David Koresh, sure, led all those people to their bloody fiery demise, but uh, you know, he made a lot of good points. You know what's wild, Jim Jones. <laughs> what about okay, Jim Jones? Tell me. You ready? Ready for this? Up until, like, he reached a, I don't know what happened to that dude, but he was a highly respected and highly thought of uh, person who did a lot for civil, in like, during the civil rights era. Yeah, well, he was a socialist. He also killed and dismembered animals as a young child. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a dead giveaway. I've seen that. He fed everybody that grape Kool-Aid with the, you know, cyanide. There were warning signs. So, the uh, per capita thing, you guys want to hear that? Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> it's nothing for us to go down a cult rabbit hole for a minute. Louisiana leads the nation in NFL players per capita with uh, 15. I believe that that's 15 players out of – Per million. million. Per million, yeah. It's not a big shock. It, there is a, a four-state swath across the southeast where, like, you, you see the, the color coding there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, – Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, Check. all over twelve and a half per million. And uh, Tennessee at six point. I, I found this interesting. Tennessee six point two higher than Texas at five point seven. Now, obviously, Texas is population much higher than Tennessee, right. so you'll still have more mm-hmm. NFL players come from Texas than Tennessee, but per capita, still like we're still. Um, significantly high uh, the wild stat about Tay is when you start looking at texas court you go position specifically texas quarterbacks Mm -hmm. it's just it's unreal how many of these guys are the quarterbacks are all almost all from texas Uh, i I think it's interesting we talk about where josh heupel should look and i think we all look at running backs as i'm not going to say it's an easy position to coach i'm sure it comes with its own unique set of challenges 
Um, in this but offense. It, but it's probably one of the easier positions. Like, it, it feels like that's always where they stick the, the good recruiter, the, the guy who – was it Dooley? Like, he didn't even have a running backs coach. Remember that for, for a year? Like, they let yeah. a GA coach the running backs so that they could have another coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not advocating we do this, but that's how little some coaches think of – the need well, yeah, for I mean, an X's and O's running backs coach. It's not like coaching the offensive line or or DBs. Yeah, you know. Now, and that's that's always been the position. They say a true freshman or like a rookie in the NFL, they can have the most impact yeah. at running back because you teach them a, a couple of basics, left or right. Here's essentially. the damn ball run. Yeah, <laughs> kind of changing now because you know, like obviously Dylan Sampson, phenomenally talented and you know raw. And green, work on that but, pass pro. He can't anymore, though. These guys. Jamal Lewis had to learn the blocking schemes. It's a little bit different than Dylan Sampson. I mean, Fulmer could have yelled across, hey, we're giving the ball to Jamal. Try and stop him. Yes, he could have done that. He didn't. I'm not going to relitigate what happened in 1997, but that is my point. No, that's my point. Um, So if, if, if we're suggesting that Hypel should prioritize recruiting in this hire, then the conversation we just had, would you prioritize Memphis or Florida? Um, getting somebody with Memphis ties. and well, so like thing comes with Memphis that, ties. That, that Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, that belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just that, so many players there, man. And when you're out at Memphis, you're in that corridor from the Gulf all the way up to Memphis. Well, have you guys noticed that like, since Heupel got here, Jeremy Pruitt signed a couple of guys from Alabama. It was you know, like we're, we're getting quite a few from Alabama mm-hmm. here all, yeah. all of a sudden after like Butch and Dooley never went down there, no. and we just sort of ceded the territory. Right? It's like, well, it's it's Nick we Saban, and try. you know, any leftovers are going to go to um, Georgia or Auburn. To, to Auburn, yeah. obviously. So why even bother? But um, I'm trying to think. We we got uh, Squirrel. Ricky Gibson mm-hmm. is is Ricky Gibson the third is from Trussville. Um, Hell yeah, Jordan Keep Ross. Is, yeah, Jordan Ross. Yeah, you know maybe the best edge rusher in the country from the Birmingham area. Uh, Khalifa Keith is from down there. Jordan Thomas, who's probably going to be our our starting star defensive back, is from Alabama. So I mean they they have made that a priority and and sort of gotten inroads in there all of a sudden. So I mean that that's something to think about. That had to be a shock for them down there. I, I didn't realize how, like, I knew he was one of the, you know, I knew he was a top recruit, but I guess it really didn't sink in. I read an article about Jordan Ross over the weekend in that the recruit, you know, yeah. was committing to us, and, like, it sent shockwaves down there. They're, they're still stunned by it. Yeah, I remember Florida, I think we beat out Florida for him, and it felt like, felt like there was a very NIL-heavy recruitment i don't know if we're allowed to say that i don't want the ncaa coming and looking in there too but did he not want to go to alabama i mean maybe this gets into just spitballing here i'm alabama's listed in his top five but it was tennessee florida as you mentioned georgia texas alabama this sound to me like maybe a guy who wasn't willing to take the Saban discount mm. a guy who thinks like i'm gonna play in the nfl anyway I'm going to get my uh, these three years that I have to spend in college. I'm going to go somewhere where I can get paid. Or he knew Nick Saban was on the way out. Or he had a really good time. You know, all that plus. I don't think that's it, Tucker. But 
Plus, he had a, may, he may have had a, a really good time on his official visit here or his visits up here. I think we paid him, and I, like I I don't care about that at all. Like that is oh, <laughs> that is fine. Make no apology. I don't care. I hope they're doing it, and hope they do it some more. Bring me the goons. Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. If you've got thoughts on who Tennessee should hire as its new running backs coach to replace Jerry Mack, who leaves officially today to the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, it's interesting. Like I, I don't think that Jerry Mack is some huge loss. Like nobody ever talked about him being an elite recruiter. No, no, but our running backs. He obviously developed players well. He developed Jalen Wright, and he got everything he 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 could out of uh, Jabari, and I mean Dylan Sampson, obviously. I, I know we only had him for a year, but like Tyon Evans was real good in that one year we had him too. We have not signed a superstar. Running no, and back we haven't prospect. really needed one because no. you're, you're getting production from you know three and four star guys. Like, do you imagine if we could get a, a kid with like Jameer Gibbs skill set in this offense? We tried. <laughs> Who good was point. it? Oh yeah, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, that's right. He was a good. He had a Jameer Gibbs skill set. That Jameer Gibbs, like I, a Camara. Did he? Did he commit here briefly before going to Alabama? No, I felt like we all thought he was. The story. I was the story that Pruitt didn't want him initially when he went to Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah I think. Oh so. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that's that sounds right. Yeah. Can we rip on Pruitt for that? I mean, to go to Georgia Tech, it's not like any other SEC school was beating down the doors to sign him. Yeah, it's true. But then Let's we be were, fair. We were one of the first on him out of the transfer portal, and everyone I feel like all the sites came out now. Yeah. All the it. sites were like, "Oh yeah, he's going to go to Tennessee. They lead, they lead." And then here came Bama, and off he went. But we beat him. So Cornbread. He dropped that pass. He did. Maybe if he comes here, he drops a pass, and Alabama beats us that day. Tennessee, good man. Down to ninth in the polls today. Uh, ninth in the coaches' poll. Eighth in the AP after losing. Do you even Saturday. care about the poll right now? Not really. Here, here's here's what I care about. I didn't think about this yesterday. In my, just as one individual Tennessee fan, my journey, which is over thirty years now, watching Tennessee basketball, like I've. Checking off all these boxes, right? We've been to the NCAA tournament. All right, we live in that thing now. We've been to the Sweet 16, been to the Elite Eight. We've won the conference championship. We've won the SEC tournament now, finally. That was a big step mm-hmm. a couple years ago. For me, right now, it's it's really just all about making the Final Four. And, yeah, sports fan. I want to win every single game we play. It's not going to happen, okay? Uh, it's disappointing that – this is probably going to cost – it feels like it's just South Carolina's year to win the the conference championship. We'll see what happens in the conference tournament. I'm not that neurotic about it like we used to be before we won it. Um, would like to win it. If we don't, whatever. I just want to get as high a seat as possible and uh, as, yeah. as good a draw as possible. That's that's all I care about. And and peaking at the right time, yeah. improving on our weaknesses, and playing well a month from now – not necessarily they Saturday. Got, I just they got to get all this dumbassery out of the way now. We we can't can't have what happened Saturday night happen. Obviously, I mean in the postseason. So, Chris, uh, we, the three of us have blabbered on about this for yeah. for quite a while. We we took a lot of sad calls, 
Saturday. <laughs> Angry. <laughs> Anger, disappointment, depression. Think, uh, things were said, ugly things. Yes, feelings were hurt. <laughs> Your thoughts? Uh, I, just, I mean, it was the same kind of formula that's lost us games so far this season. Now, I will give A&M credit. They came out not a particularly good shooting team on paper. And what they hit eight threes in the first eight, eight of, minutes. Yeah. yeah, eight of twelve on their first twelve attempts. Uh, that's that's insane. But they had us scouted, Houston. They yeah, they did. And and you saw South Carolina do that. And <clears throat> I don't feel like that's been the case as much this year. But a few years ago, if Tennessee lost, that's what teams had to do because our defense is so good. If you start running half court sets, that if you're not firing threes and hitting them, like we can typically pull away from people. And they came out. They made a statement early. They hit their threes, and then what was it was it Garcia? Oh. Yep. Oh. Like uh, Buzz Williams called him Dominican Dennis Rodman. Thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah, it is. He ate our lunch. Some of it was like, yeah, the ball kind of bounced right to him, but he outworked everybody on that floor for rebounds, which is exactly what he does. That's his mo. He's going to come in. He's going to get what seven or eight points, but he's probably going to grab twelve rebounds, and he just. He was, I don't even know what I'd say, not flying around, but he was just so quick to jump to the ball wherever it would land. Yeah. And we just did not look like we were interested in rebounding whatsoever or stopping anyone as they attacked the Which basket. Which is becoming a bit of a recurring theme with this team. <clears throat> yes. Guys, I'll tell you one per. I went back and I was a mascist and watched the first half. Ganey got abused. I mean, Abused. On ball, yeah, yeah, he was. Well, to be fair, everybody did. Connect yeah. uh, was was abused. Santi didn't particularly guard the ball well. They were getting at will penetration mm-hmm. on us, which those are the teams that. Uh, I mean, to me, it looked dead off like the South Carolina game, Houston. I don't know about you, but it, it was, was the same, it was exact same formula, very similar. Like Hot great shooting. ball movement, skip skip passes to open three point shooters, and. Just like South Carolina, A&M wasn't afraid to pull from four or five feet behind the line, and which then, is what uh, Mississippi State did to us earlier in the year, too, with uh, Garner. Hubbard. And I was curious to see the if, freshman, if what's you his know. Name? Hubbard. Hubbard, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, I'm across half court. I'm just going to pull. And if they're having a night, they're having a night. Um, oh, it, see, it, it it's jumped out at me. Ziegler has trouble with bigger guards that just attack him. Like, he just gets blown by. If they're that big and that athletic. In fairness to Ziegler, like Taylor's one of the best point guards in the mm-hmm. country. That's not just like a pretty good SEC point guard. That's a that's a top five, top ten point guard in the country, and he absolutely played like it. But I don't know how you don't have a single rebounder in double figures and you let Garcia get 17 by himself. Now, he did play 33 minutes off the bench. I also didn't love our rotation in this game. When I, Taylor was going off, I'm like, where's, where's Meshack? What are, we, what are I, you doing? I said several times on volunteer reaction, I still feel this way. I, I just thought it was an all-systems failure. I think yeah. it's one of those five games a year that Patino talks about yep. where your, your team just doesn't show up. You're out of it from the beginning. I thought South Carolina was another one. We're probably going to have another one at some point. You just hope you don't have it in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, there's no reason to have one there. Uh, we, we nitpick about the defense, and, and yeah, I mean, it was it was bad. We are still the seventh best defensive yeah. team in the country, according to Ken Palm. Well, I, don't, I don't – I think this – you, you could you, – I mean, if you don't like the analytics, that's fine, but I still believe this is a very good defensive team that can really lock down on teams when, when they have to. 
I don't think we did anything well Saturday night. You didn't. And we have trouble have... with the with teams like South Carolina and uh, Texas A&M. The other thing about Texas A&M, and of course it's just our bad luck. Rad, was that Radford's first game back? No, he'd played a few before. Yeah. But I mean, he's you know, it's like uh, was it you that said it, Russ? They were picked to finish second. We've been talking about that game for a while, man. It it had bothered me and and worried me for weeks. You kept looking at the schedule. Yeah, I was like, "That's it's always a tough trip down there." It seems like, and I don't know. All right, so we go to Arkansas, one seventeen on on Ken Palm, uh, just not having a good season. They're twelve and eleven. This is a game Tennessee should win, but it's on the road in a hostile environment. Those fans are ate up with it down there. I was watching them. They were playing Georgia, and and filled up their arena for for freaking Georgia when they're not having a good year on Saturday. So you can bet it will be packed and and rowdy. Wednesday night, we have to play better, man. We just in all facets of the game. Quick timeout when we continue, we will get to your phone calls here on the drive. Tennessee baseball opens up this week in Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. It's finally here. Finally, man. We can talk about it when we continue on the drive. More fan run radio coming up. The- Back here on The Drive, Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear, Houston, and Tucker Harlan at your service. Taking your phone calls, 865-546-8200. Who's up first, Bear? We got uh, the mayor of Sono. Phil. Good afternoon. What are you doing? What's up, Philly? How you bearing uh, Houston doing? Yeah, no complaints yet, but the show is young. Well... Great performance for Patrick Mahomes. He just ceases to amaze me. Nah, man, that dude's he's a winner. Whatever it is, what, he's got it. What round was he? He was a first rounder. The late first rounder, though. They, they, they took him. They had Alex Smith. Yep. He was top fifteen at the very least, maybe top ten. He sat for a year behind Smith. Mm-hmm. Just remember, the Bears took Mitch Trubisky ahead of him. Ooh. Yeah, that list of the quarterbacks. List of, yeah. <laughs> the list of quarterbacks and players taken before him. Yikes. Two like historic franchises. Who? I mean, none of them are in the league anymore. I don't think. Well, to be fair, none of us could have imagined this for Mahomes. No, nah, thought he, that he was a perfect situation with Andy Reid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, isn't it, I heard something on some station today that uh, Jawan Jennings was a higher recruited quarterback than Mahomes or the, was, the guy mm-hmm. he was. Yep. He yeah. was the highest rated quarterback out of the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl yep. last night. Coming out of high school, and that includes Purdy. Purdy, uh, it was the two deep, you know, I can't remember who Purdy's backup is, um, but it was or Mahomes, but it was – the starting and backup quarterbacks for both teams were lower rated than him. Yeah, Jawan Jennings uh, had a good career here, but I really think that he could have done more than he did if they had better coaching there. I was going to say he he had to fight through some pretty bad coaching for uh, a few of those years. It is disappointing. Like I, I'm not uh, a 49ers fan, but there was part of me that's like. Oh man, if if they win this, he's it's going to be the Juwan Jennings Super yep, Bowl. He's yep. going to get the Super Bowl MVP, and what a moment for the dog! 
Yeah, it would have been. But uh, you ever see you know, anybody, a, Phil, that comes up bigger in big games than that guy? He's a big game. Not guy. for Tennessee in a long time. Have you? Uh, he caught the, the pros. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Alvin Harper was a pretty good pro, but he wasn't an elite player. Oh, I'm, I'm just talking about overall. I think about all the the he played his best in the big his biggest mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. here. Well, yeah, he had that hail mary. The hail mary, the tease Tabor down the sideline against Florida. When I mean, obviously he threw the touchdown to Dobbs and the, the swamp. The touchdown against South Carolina in where he gets 2019, smashed. where he's just a pinball, just oh, bouncing yeah, off yeah, yeah. guys. Uh, it's what it's right up there with the Mose Phillips run from 1992, where it's just one of the all-time great single-play individual efforts. Where it's like, forget football. There's no scheme. It's just. I want it more than you. I'm just going to drag guys, run run through you, around you, over you, whatever I have to do to score. Yeah, and that catch against Florida, that wasn't exactly a great pass he caught. And then run down right down. Yep. And then he burnt Tabor. He's a Florida. winner. Yeah. And I think he could have played strong safety in the pros. Been a great one. A lot of people thought that. I mean, yep. he should have played DB here. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the tragedy on the hill, uh, Rick Barnes. Tragedy on the hill? You don't think that's overstating it just a little bit, Phil? (laughs) No. It's It's a tragedy. What happens every year? What happens every year? Losing to inferior teams. They're a good team. I get that. They're what, a 10 seed? They're a lot. A 10 seed. I think they're – we'll see how they finish out here. I think that they could – I don't know how high a seed they could end up getting with their resume and record right now, but they're a much better team than Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, they do play David's Cup. Kentucky don't. It kind of puts a little uh, – uh, takes a little bit away from our Kentucky win. Kentucky just getting beat by everybody now. Uh, I, I don't care if they're any good or not. Beating Kentucky and Rupp is, is always sweet. Well, how are we going to get it back? Uh, you got We've got a problem over there. Ziggler can be taken to the hole by a bigger guard, which you're seeing a lot more of that. And then Ganey can't guard anybody. No, Russ tech- taking advantage of that. Yeah, Russ texted us during the game, and I really started watching Ganey on ball. It's it's awful. It's like he, it's like he can't move his feet. It's it's bad. Here's why, and you guys call me a sheep. Tell me I'm whistling past the graveyard, whatever. But I I feel like we are one of the best on ball defending teams in the country for the past couple of years. And what we saw Saturday was an anomaly. And it wasn't just Ziegler or Ganey. Connect was terrible. Mm-hmm. Josiah was terrible guarding the ball. Like I don't I don't think anybody played well. And, you know, maybe there's something else to look in there as far as, you know, are we tired? Are we, you know, are, are we unfocused? Like, what's going on there? All fair questions, but I I really am, you know, if, if we lose Wednesday night, then it's a different story by all means. Hit the yeah, panic problem, button. Real problem. But uh, I, I'm willing to write this off as kind, just kind of a fluky modern college basketball thing until that happens. Well, I don't think we're elite defensively now. We might have been back in December. We sure as heck ain't now. Look at all the points we're giving up. Even when we win, we're giving up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah but he's we're also top 20 in offensive efficient. We're playing a hell of a yeah. lot better offense than we have. We're playing at a, a – And it's something that we've all said that we would, we would sacrifice mm. a little bit of our defensive play 
if we could if our offense could get better. Well, the offense did nothing uh, Saturday night. No. Uh, and you look at it, Vescovi, if Vescovi and Triple J don't, don't score, they need to be sitting on the bench as far as I'm concerned. It's who those guys are. I mean, they they have been here for five years. They're they're going to be streaky. Barnes is going to play them. Um, I'm I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but they were uh, let's see, Vescovy one of six, mm. Triple J two of seven from the field. So a combined three of thirteen from your two senior wing guys. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, and you throw Ganey in that mix there. There's no one. There's no way we're going to win that game. And then the dude did nothing on top of that. No, the only ones that looked like they wanted any were, honestly, Jemai, Ziegler, and uh, Tobey. <laughs> like, I mean, you say that, I think those are our three most blue-collar, lunch pail type guys. Tougher but guys. But I, I could think of instances from Saturday night where all three of the, those guys all had just – Terrible. Poor Tobey got to just put on. R.I.P. Tobey. We're not. We're not. We're not talking about that. Just. Uh, I mean. I, again. I, I keep coming. And perhaps I'm oversimplifying it. I. I can't think of many nice things to say about anybody from Saturday. Coaches, players. Yeah. Well, I'll close with this. Uh, if DeLeon and Cameron Carr aren't better than Ganey, we're going to have. A, we're going to have a serious losing season next year. See ya. Oh come on, Phil. You don't think that. We're going to go from top 10, 17, and 6, whatever we are right now, to a losing record next year. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. It's not going to happen, right? Hmm. No. Joshy Boy is next. What's up, Joshy Boy? What up, guys? Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing on uh, this fabulous Monday? Fabulously, thank you. Good. I want to – it's a great Monday for me because I won lots of money on the Chiefs last night. I didn't win lots of money, but I got the Chiefs plus seven and a half in the second great quarter. Good. Nice. Yes. Felt pretty good about that going to bed. So, uh, what was Phil saying that uh, we are going to be, like, really bad next year in basketball? I believe the quote was, if Carr and who else did DeLeon. it? DeLeon. are not better than, than Ganey and whatever. He's, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was a a weak take by the mayor on the way out. Had a decent phone call. Ended it yeah. on a weak note. Right. So, uh, do you guys see DeLeon being here next year? Because I think he has a chance for uh, to get the starting job for Tennessee next year. Who knows, man? Who yeah. knows what in college basketball? I mean, he's college sports in general. Yeah, and I just don't worry about it because I think we're going to get there. There is going to be a key guy or two on the basketball team next year who we don't even know exists now because he's playing at Duquesne or um, you know Southern Illinois or something like that, and, and maybe he's a good player that's going to have a, a a good impact. So it, uh. it, I I just don't spend a lot of time worrying about the roster next I, I I know that our team is going to be built around three really good seniors next year mm-hmm. in my opinion Ziegler Meshack Adu. and Adu yeah like that is going to be a really good core and then 
you got to add some pieces to that. Is it DeLeon and Carr? Obviously, Tobey. Um, and then Estrella. you're gonna you're gonna bring mm-hmm. some guys. Yeah, you're gonna bring some guys from from out. You're gonna have to replace and connect, man. Find another score. If I'm a do Russ, I do like a Schofield that did that one year when he was a junior. Test the NBA draft waters. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying you were hoping that he would take that huge leap that Admiral did. I'm sure right. all those guys will. Yeah. Like, that's a, I fully that's expect Estrella to do. The yeah. one I'm, the one I'm really hoping for is a Waka. Yeah, we can that's put it all I together. I thought we'd get more out of him this year, and at times you've seen it, but he yeah. just he hasn't been consistent. And he can't stop fouling. He did a better job. How many, how many fouls did he end up with the other night? I noticed that it wasn't like his normal, just hackathon. Two or three, three yeah. fouls in twelve minutes. Oh wow, man, that is pretty on brand. <laughs> One every four minutes. He's got a roll, man. He's a physical guy. Hey, uh, Josh, we got to run. Anything else? Yep. Nope, that's all. All See right, ya. appreciate you, my man. Hour number two of the drive. Coming up next on many of these fine fan run affiliates, Tucker Harlan's top four at four kicks things off next on Fan Run Radio.